Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the eight-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous Passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving right now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today. Hey guys, thanks for joining today uh, on the Scary Stories segment. Um, if you do not like scary stories or they bother you, this is definitely not a video for you. So definitely um, think twice before you watch the rest of the story. But uh, if you're going to stick around, make sure you subscribe and like around here. We definitely want to keep you around uh, for any other cool videos we end up doing. So today's story, uh, it takes place in Southern Ohio. And I think parts of Pennsylvania, and there's question of maybe some in Michigan, uh, but it is about Thomas Dillon. So one of the scariest things out there are serial killers. That's obviously, without a doubt, one of the most scary things you could ever, you know, even consider encountering in your lifetime. And this story um, is about a serial killer who actually focused on outdoorsmen and people who were like jogging or fishing and hunting. So it's really creepy for the hunting community that there was someone out there literally looking to shoot them. And this guy was bad because he would pull up on the road in a truck behind you or something you don't notice and he would snipe you. So he obviously didn't want the confrontation, um, but he was willing to sneak up and try to shoot you in your back or if you're walking by. So it made it very creepy. Um, so let's get into some of the stories and I'll try to take you guys through a timeline I put together and um, hopefully it makes sense. And I borrowed some footage online to show you guys. So we'll see how that goes as well. Southern Ohio is described as highly rocky and wide open spaces. Um, on a beautiful Saturday morning, 35-year-old Don Welling uh, went jogging on a backcountry road by his home. Without warning, a truck pulled up beside him and shot him dead. The bullet had hit him directly in the heart, killing him instantly. The detectives were not able to find any evidence at the scene whatsoever. Fast forward to November 10th, uh, Saturday morning, 21-year-old Jamie Paxton was the next victim. Uh, Jamie had sent out to go bow hunting and decided to stop and check out some land, leaving his bow in the car. Not that it would have mattered much. It was a crossbow and, you know, usually don't walk around with a cock crossbow anyway. While walking uh, the land, Jamie had not noticed the gunman who had pulled up behind his truck and stalked him. Jamie was shot three times by a high-powered rifle, leaving him dead at the scene. When we saw more than one wound, we knew that it could not be an accident, that uh, an accidental death hunting accident is called a one-shot. Plus, we saw it was a bullet wound instead of, of something from an arrow, and the gun season was not in yet. Again, no evidence at the scene whatsoever. Uh, Jamie Paxson's mom started writing letters to the killer using a local paper to publish them, hoping to get the letter to the killer. There was just every time I would sit down to write a letter, I would say a prayer. 
And I would say, please, God, just give me the words to get the, to the person that killed my son. Um, at first, there was no response from the killer, but she continued to write these letters and publish them through that local newspaper. 30 days later, on November 28th, uh, Kevin Loring, 30 years old, uh, would be the gunman's next victim. Loring was hunting in Muscombe County. As he started walking through the field looking for game, uh, he became the target for the gunman who had pulled over on the side of the road when he saw Kevin walking across this field and the gunman opened fire, killing him instantly. With the distance between the two counties, investigators actually did not connect the two, so they didn't know they had a serial killer on their hands with this guy. And then again, remember the letters that Jamie Pax's mom published? Well, the killer now replied to that. He wrote, um, I am the murderer of Jamie Paxton. I felt the Paxton family should know the details of what happened. I thought no more of shooting Paxton than shooting a bottle at the dump. And there was more to it, but that was pretty much the fine detail and disgusting comments that were made um, for this poor family had to endure. Claude Hawkins, 48 of Mansfield, Ohio, was fishing on March 14, 1992. He was gunned down while enjoying a day of fishing. The difference between this killing and the others was the location of this um, as it fell on federal land and now entered the FBI into the investigation, who would then help to link um, these killings and make them into a full-fledged investigation. What we did know is that uh, Mr. Hawkins died from a gunshot, and usually you would find some type of a shell casing in the area, and I remember looking very hard, uh, metal detectors and hands and knees for any shell casings in that, and none were ever found. And so that was something that, you know, if in fact we had somebody who was evidence conscious enough to pick up the shell casing after they shot and killed somebody, we were dealing with a different brand of person. Uh, they started putting things together and understanding they were using things like, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen the show Mindhunters on Netflix, but that was the type of stuff they were using to try to figure this out. Uh, and what they learned is there was zero shell casings, no robberies, no stolen cars, nothing was touched except for these people were murdered. And that was something that they had to work to try to figure out how are they going to get to these people. On April 5th, 1992, Gary Bradley, 44, of Williamstown, West Virginia, was pond fishing uh, at Cadwell, Ohio, in Noble County. Uh, he never returned, and he was shot while fishing, shot dead as well. On July 21st, 1992, uh, two hunters on state land came face to face with Dylan, who is the serial killer here we're talking about. The hunters were walking through a forest when one of them noticed a scary scene, a man pointing a gun at them they started yelling at the man. He ended up fled the scene, uh, but they never really got a good look at his truck or the car. They kind of saw a silhouette um, and it creeped him out, obviously. After three years of investigating this, they were no closer to catching Dylan. And so the FBI made a press release in hopes that the public could help. The story had caught the attention of Richard Fry, who said they should look at Tom Dylan. This is the first time they've heard this name, Tom Dylan. They used to drive around rural Ohio shooting roadsides and small game. Uh, Fry noticed that Dylan was strange and talked about serial killers a lot. The two lost touch, didn't talk a lot uh, for many years, but they were both at a gun show randomly and ran into each other. And uh, Dylan had asked Fry, you wanna go for a ride like we used to and hang out, uh, which Fry you know, replied, sure, let's go for a, a drive. So they went around drinking, shooting signs, but Dylan was a lot different and Fry noticed that he was way more advanced into this like he never got grew over that type of stuff and he even asked Fry do you think I could kill somebody and then started going into how you could get away with killing people by you know being random 
probably thought that was a big red flag. And um, that's when he said to the detectives when they, he saw this story come out that you need to investigate Tom Dillon. A few days later, Larry Oler uh, from Barnhill, Ohio, was later shot at by Dillon while hunting in uh, one of the local counties, but he escaped uninjured. Dylan thought he shot him because he dropped when he heard the gunshot, but he wasn't dead. And so he actually survived that ordeal, although he was freaked out, of course. Um, he actually, I mean, he got lucky, let's be honest. So Dylan was then placed under a massive surveillance uh, in 1992 after the tip from Fry, and um, a rifle that Dylan had sold to a gun show was later located. They did a ballistics test on it, uh, taking bullet fragments from some of the victims and uh, seeing if it matched the, the barrel, and it did, and that gave them the smoking gun that they needed to arrest him. Dylan was also investigating the connection with the unsolved shooting of uh, death of John Joseph Harbat on November 20, 1984 at a hunting camp um, in Pennsylvania. So this guy was under a lot of investigation. This guy, they said, had killed over a thousand animals growing up. I mean, this guy had the, I mean, these are the things that are looked at as a serial killer. Um, as you go through, when you, if you watched Mind Hunters or seen any of that, they look at these things. Did, are these people mean to animals? He killed a thousand animals. That's like insane. Um, that's just a great example of someone who's not there and something's wrong with them, you know? Uh, Dylan pleaded guilty to the five murders. Dylan was incarcerated in Southern Ohio's Correctional Facility for five consecutive sentences of 30 years to life for aggravated murder. He died October 21st, 2011, which I don't think anybody was sad about that, being a serial killer. One of the comments, uh, quotes that was made uh, by Jeffrey Smalden um, was that what you see on the videotape is someone who looks and presents in a way that seems frighteningly normal. And the reality is that most of the people who commit crimes like those that Dylan committed come across just that way. Um, he's a chameleon. He's a typical serial killer. And when you when you watch things like Mindhunter and see what these serial killers have done and who they are as a person, uh, they are chameleons. They can shift. And that's what's really scary about it, to be honest. Um, they even said that Dylan was very smart with an IQ around 135. Um, so he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, he was not insane. He knew what he was doing, and uh, he murdered at least five people between 89 and 92. The scariest part about this story, I think, over some of the other stories we've already told on this series, is that this was completely random. Whereas the other ones were an argument, a fight, there was tension. This one, these guys are just like walking out, scouting lands, fishing, enjoying themselves. I mean, these are things people do to enjoy their life, to get out and just, and to think that someone is out there just shooting them dead and they don't even know it is just so creepy. So anyway, I hope you guys learned something today on this show. I apologize because this one is a little scarier than normal because there's not really a good answer to help protect yourself. All I can say is always be aware when you're in the field, look around for other vehicles, just know where people are at. I mean, not everybody's out there to hurt you by any means, but uh, you should at least know your surroundings do a spot check every once in a while full 360 just so you know you know is there anybody around you is there an area listen stop and listen for a couple minutes you know you can hear a lot in the woods if you just don't move you can hear many things and that would help you at least give a direction if there is somebody out there something out there but a scary story for sure and uh, um, i uh, send my condolences to the families i know it's been many years but um very sad sad tale and uh, anyway 
anyhow if you like content like this stick around if you don't like this kind of content that's fine too still stick around we have tons of other videos on our channel that will uh, get you into bow hunting and all the great things with archery uh, but again just covering these things for awareness is really important and this series was made literally just to make sure people are aware of what is going on out there or what has happened just so you're always more prepared for the future we'll see you next time on bow hunter planet Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hi, I'm Jason Miller, Executive Editor of Federal News Network, and I want to invite you and your colleagues to join us for our second annual DoD Cloud Exchange. This three-day event, March 22nd through the 24th, will feature technology executives from the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, the Air Force, and of course, the Defense Information Systems Agency. So join us March 22nd through the 24th for the second annual DoD Cloud Exchange. Register today on federalnewsnetwork.com.